folks. Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law here at K News 98.5, where we've been talking with attorney and historian Michael Nolan, who's from San Luis Obispo originally. He's up in Davis now. But we've been talking about actually the the way that Cinco de Mayo is a uniquely California holiday. And Mike, you were you were talking to us about uh, Ramon Hill, who was the assemblyman from San Luis Obispo County, and how he actually got Cinco de Mayo started as a way of supporting the government of Mexico during the Civil War against an invasion by the French. Um, and you were you were saying that his dad was uh, from Boston, uh, was a sea captain, and had uh, married into the Ortega family in Goleta. Uh, what kind of a rancho was that? Oh, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Phil, I don't, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. No, I don't know. I, uh, it's uh, the, the Rancho Galito. We could. That's a. We'll go a little bit further afield. Um, what I what I found interesting is that Hill was uh, a um, bilingual, bicultural member of the um, uh, who got elected to the legislature when he was 23 years old, and um, part of the idea of rallying public opinion in Southern California especially, of the, of the Hispanic population to support the, uh, 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 the, the Mexican army was also to rally them behind voting for Abraham Lincoln and, and, the, and the, um, the Republican Party and the, the coalition between uh, Republicans and Union Democrats to keep the war, to fight the war, basically. Against the South. Yeah, the, Against the Confederacy. Against the Confederacy. And so the, the, there was a political aspect to this. And you could see if you could build up the uh, support for the uh, Mexico against aggression, can be easily transformed to getting people motivated to go out and vote uh, to support Lincoln and his policies. You know, California, yeah. California, Lincoln almost lost California in 1860. He has only he only carried the state by eight hundred votes and, and thirty three thousand votes had voted for the secessionist candidate. And we think that uh, our elections are close today. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, there's something else that you mentioned there about Ramon J. Hill, the assemblyman, being bilingual. I'm reminded of the fact that the 1849 Constitution of California, this brand new state in 18 that was accepted into the Union in 1850, required that all documents and all elections, you know, all legal proceedings be both in English and in Spanish. And that got changed in the Constitution of 1873. Um, but, but I think uh, that, that may be something we lost in not having uh, as significant a, an emphasis on being bilingual in our state. Well, that's true, and it was really true in San Luis Obispo County because the, by state law, all the court proceedings could be in Spanish. You know, the, 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 the uh, uh, San Luis Obispo, Monterey, and, and further south were heavily Spanish-speaking. And um, uh, if you were going to um, uh, be a judge or an attorney, you better be, you should be able to speak both languages. 
at the same time, but people also had different, everybody had a different, had two names. So you had, um, I've seen where... Uh, one You're of saying people had that, aliases, Mike? What are you saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying that uh, William Dana, you know, one of the members of the famous Dana family. Sure. Uh, uh, well, you read about him some places, and he comes out, Guillermo Dana. And it was, it was um, um, and when people voted for him, sometimes they would write it, his name in, in, in English, but the Spanish-speaking would write his name in Spanish. Spanish, sure. So it's, uh, uh, and so that was, um, <coughs> sorry, I've got some cough here. But that's the, that was the idea that you had in, in San Luis Obispo, it was a, a primarily... Uh, uh, all the courts were in um, in Spanish, and the um, and the and the provision in the state constitution of uh, 1848 uh, didn't yeah didn't just say the laws. It said every proclamation, every legal document, you know, of any import at all, had to be written in the Spanish language. So it, and, it uh, could it could be in English, but it had to also be in Spanish. True. But it was the official language. So both were official. So you had, um, I've seen these uh, uh, case, the law books of um, the cases decided by the uh, state Supreme Court and the Courts of Appeal up until 1879 were all published in Spanish. And you had uh, the laws were all published, published in Spanish. So you and they were also them. published in English, right? Oh, yeah, they'd be published in English, but they're also published in Spanish. So were they, uh, and, did they, would they put them on one document so that they were side by side? In no, English no, and Spanish? No, they oh. would, <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't do that. They had separate, um, they had the, um, they had an office, a public office called the uh, state translator. And his job was to translate the law from, uh, primarily it was done. The dominant language in the legislature was English. Sure. But there was, um, uh, but as the Constitutional Convention of 1849, uh, you had almost a dozen members who didn't speak English. And so they, uh, during the convention, they needed translators to translate the the debate to the the members. And at the end of the convention... That's where they had two documents, one in English and one in Spanish. That was, that's the Constitution. Right. And it was published, um, um, uh, uh, translated and sent. And you have a, uh, I've got a, you can buy a copy of the old uh, debates and proceedings in Spanish, for, you, know, on, you know, on eBay. I've got one myself. And wow. part of that, part of the idea with Spanish is that there was a famous case by the U.S. Supreme Court where the court looked at a treaty with Spain and made a ruling. They looked at the English text, as, 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 and, <clears throat> and they made a ruling. Then Chief Justice John Marshall, a few years later, had to reverse himself because they had realized that they had mistranslated the Spanish, the Spanish side of the document. And that the Spanish... Now, what uh, treaty was that, Mike? What? What treaty was that? Oh, oh that was a treaty with uh, Spain and uh, dealing with uh, Florida. And uh, 
setting the boundary between the United States and um, uh, New Spain and then later uh, Mexico. And the, the question was about who had, I believe it was something to do with, as I recall, real estate or something like that. And they, the court ruled one way, and then they realized several years later that they had mischaracterized the Spanish interpretation of the treaty. And, and they had to reverse them themselves and come to a different decision because of that. And so, so you have, uh, that was the value of, uh, uh, you read these, um, you can read the English version of the 1849 Constitution, but to get a f- different kind of flavor, maybe in a lighten, you read the Spanish version and catch what the idea, what the, um, it gives a more complete, a three-dimensional way of understanding what the uh, what the law was supposed to mean. Well, folks, you're listening to uh, Slow County Public Policy and the Law here at K News uh, 98.5. We're speaking with Mr. Michael Nolan, uh, attorney and historian. And Michael, when you uh, when you start looking at uh, the Spanish and English versions of documents for San Luis Obispo County, that that applies to the grants in some cases and certainly the uh, surveys in many cases of the the ranchos that were granted by the governor of Mexico to uh, people before this became a part of the United States. Isn't that right? Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. The, remember California under when Mexico was sovereign over California, uh, California was only a territory, or territorial, as they call it. It was not a state in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So full sovereignty was was held by the government in Mexico. And the governor of California would be someone that the uh, executive authority of Mexico would appoint. And the um, his... Uh, um, at a certain point, the laws were drafted to encourage the um, uh, people moving into California. Well, Michael, that we're coming up first. on a break. Uh, oh. Stay tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're speaking with Mr. Michael Nolan. <laughs> 